Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay and Lucas. What's up, gentlemen? How's it going? Glad to be here. Me too. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I've really expressed that very much in the last couple scoundrels episodes i've been on but i'm really glad to be here too kyle awesome well today (laughs) (laughs) today we're going to talk about the briefly about the cherokee open which just happened last weekend now we've been kind of spoiled with tournaments recently it's been like a rapid fire lvo and then canto bite and now cherokee open and then soon i guess we've got maybe a month before Adepticon. Yep. So I guess that'll be like a longer gap than we've had. <laughs> um, a whole month uh, tournament? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Outrageous. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Cherokee Open. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about activation count. Uh, yeah. Because it seems like some lower activation lists have been succeeding um, recently. And we're going to sort of delve into why and then just also do sort of some one-on-one basics about you know, what is a good activation count? Why are activations important, et cetera. So, uh, all right. You got any housekeeping for us, Jay? Uh, yeah. You know, we, we of course have Stormtide season two is kicked off. Uh, so if you want to get in on that, you could go to stormtide.thefifthtrooper.com. That's our, uh, our Legion narrative campaign that we're doing monthly narrative campaign we have mats and sidebars and order tokens in stock at the fifth trooper.com you could check those out of course check out all our amazing blogs uh on our on our blog on the fifth trooper.com from all the amazing writers we have uh evan paul just put out a great article and we got another one by the time you guys hear this uh tim timbo would have had the cherokee open top eight Uh, article out so you guys can check that out and then if you like any of the writing or the podcast you can always support us on patreon Uh, that helps us uh, keep all that going and so we really appreciate that and then if you're going to adepticon we will be there we're we're gonna have a booth at adepticon you'll you'll find us um i don't know if i'm allowed to say what what booth we are at yet but we will be at Adepticon. Um, we're sponsoring all the Legion events and we'll have a booth. I'm going to be there. Kyle's going to be there and uh, Bushfax and my wife, Rachel's going to be working the booth. So if you liked any of the old fifth trooper podcast where Rachel was on it and you want to hear her rant to your face about how miserable she is when I traveled for tournaments, you go ahead and talk to her while, while you buy stuff from her. Uh, but yeah, well, so we're gonna have a booth. We're gonna have minis. We're gonna have uh, mats. We're gonna have order tokens. We're gonna have uh, a lot of our laser cut tokens, event decks. We have all the good fifth trooper stuff um, at the tournament. You know, at the at Adepticon for sale in our booth, which is gonna be great. So I'm really excited about that. I'm very excited for Adepticon. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing and. Uh, I seem to always be working at Adepticon, <laughs> uh, which is fine. It's good for the for the fifth trooper overall. But boy, do I want to play! Uh, I you know after that Canto tournament, I've been I was telling the guys here in our Discord server that like I got the bug, and all I can think about is playing right now. And and uh, it's been a while since I've had the competitive bug, so 
here, here I am. And I'm like itching going, man, do you think I could make Adepticon? Could I play Adepticon? And I'm like, no, 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 don't do it, Jay. You got too much, too much work to do. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no rest for the wicked. No. <laughs> well, I think the next one after that is Atlantic city. So. So I'm going to, there's uh that Rocky top one that's happening in Tennessee oh, that's right. that yeah. Sabcast is doing Memorial day weekend. I'm like 95% sure I'm going to that one. Oh, awesome. So I'm really excited about that. It convinced the wife and kids that they want to go to Tennessee for Memorial day weekend. And they agreed. So, <laughs> so All right. yeah, so I'm excited about that. And awesome. then I'll try and make ACO too. That's, that's closer to my neck of the woods anyway. So, yeah. Atlantic City isn't nice, but the tournament yeah. is great. Yeah. So. No, Atlantic City's a cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> I had never been. And um, the food was a standout to me as something that was like uniquely bad. Uh, anyway, this is not. No San Diego. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> there was no San Diego, that's for sure. Um, all right. Well. Uh, we are not here to talk about Atlantic City or San Diego. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the Cherokee Open, which was held in in Tennessee, I think. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. North Carolina, I think. Okay. All right. Stabcast, guys. I'm, I apologize if I messed that up. But um, yeah. Uh, yes. So <laughs> there were actually 46 players, which is a pretty good turnout. Yeah. Um, very good turnout, actually. And we got a top eight here. You can check out the article if you want to hear the here, uh, read the entire thing. I guess you could have Google read it to you or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Google bot. Yeah, good. Um, but uh, we're just gonna quickly hit some highlights here. There were there was one of each faction represented in the top eight, um, and five of those were droids. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, coming off of Canto and some of the, and LVO and some of the tournaments we've seen, but especially being at Canto and playing, I was looking through these lists and I, you know, I said to the guys before we started recording, like, yeah, none of this is surprising. This is all, I mean, you know, I think that many droids in the top eight, a little surprising, but everything else I was like, yep. I saw very similar lists to this, to these at Canto. For, for all, I mean, in every, you know, for every faction. So none of these were like, they, there's only one unit and I'm sure you guys can guess which one it is. There's only one unit in all these lists where I was like, what? Uh, which one do you think that is, Lucas? The land speeder? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What, you expected to see the land speeder? Yeah. I'm going to go with Mr. Cad B. <laughs> yeah, it was Cad. Um, yeah, no, the land speeder with Han and uh, with Han and and um, uh, what's his name there, uh, Lando is is actually kind of good. Uh, I've never seen a land speeder on the table in ages, so it's good to see it around. Yeah, uh, and well, and maybe because they had the uh, best, they had like the best heavies list at Canto, like they had those special categories, so there was a lot of heavies at Canto. So I saw a lot of land speeders. There, there was at least four or five. So, but no, Cad Bane. And then for God's sakes, I think he got second place with that list. So that that was the most surprising thing to me. 
Yeah, that was Preston Bitzer, aka Zodiac from the Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have Cad Bane, but he also had, you know, a super tactical droid, yeah. a bunch of B ones, some Magna Guard, and two dwarf spider droids with ions. So <laughs> it's not like, I mean, yes, the list had Cad Bane in it, but um, so I, I, I don't know that I would describe that as like a off metal list. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's basically like the the yeah. good stuff CIS list. You can just like swap out a Magna for Cad Bane and yeah. a few heavies. Yeah, right, right. It, it's the spiders, B1s, the, one of the super tactical droids, and then mix and match the rest of it and see, and to get your flavor of list. But yeah. And really, yeah. if we want to be realistic, he didn't even take, he just took the regular super tactical droid. So really what's carrying that list is most likely the spiders, which we all thought that that was going to happen, right? Yep. Those, those things are friggin' awful. Well, they're just so good. And in a meta where droids are so popular, having spiders right just destroys the uh, when you get the mirror matchup. Although I guess he did lose to a separatist list that had no spiders in it, going with the yep. triple staps in first staps. place. Well, that'll do it. Staps are also good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then, yeah, because you got you got enough that ca- they can flank and get behind them mm-hmm. right, and cause trouble from behind while the rest of your army's moving up. That, that makes yep. sense to me. And that was Richard Lavery. I apologize if I mispronounced your name just now. Please let me know one way or another. Um, congrats on winning uh, the Cherokee Open. Yep. Um, just to get that full list that was cracking uh, with some upgrades, including aggressive tactics and endurance. Um, some B1s with an extra battle droid, some E5C B1s, some B1 rockets, two Magnas with the Electro Whip, not the rocket, and then three mm-hmm. steps. So. I don't do well with lists like this. Like Kyle, I think we've talked about this in the past, like <clears throat> uniformity in how you build your list and like, okay, I have triple of this weapon, right? Or I have yeah. at least, so when there's when there's lists where like you've got multiple different heavy weapons and stuff, it just, it, I think, it, I wonder, you know, I mean, obviously he did well with it, which is great. But for me, it's always like, you Sorry. okay? You okay, Kyle? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I'd actually like to lead into our hobby segment by talking about the uh, texture paint application tool. No, um, yeah, I was just fiddling with it. Uh, I dropped it. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I is that uh, the the most optimized? I mean, I can't really say too much, right? The dude won, so he came out on top. But not to sound like Kyle. But that doesn't seem very optimal uh, as far as <laughs> multiple heavies, right? Well, I'm surprised you're saying this, Mr. Highlander, talking about, you know. <laughs> oh, well, listen, Highlander was always for fun, not to win. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. I mean, at the end of the day, lists with staps and then particularly triple staps are kind of mostly about the staps, right? Yeah. Uh, you run objectives that favor the staps. Um and then you just kind of like force your opponent to respond to them. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, my favorite version of Staps is Maul with Staps. That's what Snyder ran at uh, SoCal Open. That's mm-hmm. a very effective list because there's basically no objectives that you're bad at, right? You got Maul yeah. who's good at all the force user objectives and then you got Staps who are good at all the mobile objectives. Um, so it's a great list for this meta uh, where you want to be able to flex. Um, but yeah, Staps are great. Yep. You know. Um, the other uh, top four lists. One was uh, an empire list, 
Michael Henry with uh, Vader, Operator Vader. And uh, it's basically Vader Dubak's. Um, he's got Vader, some Storms naked, some Shores naked, uh, Mortar, some Snipers, and then some Royal Guards and three Dubaks. Not not some. One Storm, one Shore. One yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. Well, some. There's four <laughs> models in each of those units. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like the pretty standard uh, Empire Melee skew, but went yep. with 11 activation. So one IRG yep. instead of two to right. get a little more activation count. Yeah. Yep. It's brutal. I mean, Dubax yeah. and your, the Dubaks get there super fast. And then once you're done dealing with the Dubaks, you got Operative Vader. Yeah. In your face. yeah. So, yeah. And that's that thing where, like, uh, similar to some other lists, but like, A, Dubaks are really hard to kill to begin with. But you're almost so when you yeah when you have operative Vader and IRG to back them up you almost are like they're like suicide bombers right you're just like okay I'm gonna go in I'm gonna do a bunch of damage you're gonna kill them and that's fine but now you just wasted all these activations and all this energy killing them and now I have Vader and IRG on, on the way as well <laughs> you know yeah usually is... not on the way but like in your lines yeah. by the time you've actually yeah. killed the dubacks <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> Oh man, it's great that I got rid of these dubacks. Now I can deal with holy crap. <laughs> yeah. And there's Darth Vader. Yep. And my arm is gone because Darth Vader just chopped it off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, and the other top four list uh, was Yoda Chewie. Yeah. Eight this is Bushman's list, right? This is this is exactly almost the same. Almost exactly the same. Uh, yeah. It's four points lower, so he must have cut something for a little bit of a bid, but um, otherwise, this looks like uh, uh, recon intels. There's no yep. recon intels on the melee. Yeah, okay. Otherwise, it's exactly the same as Bushman's Canto list. So yeah, yeah, it's a good list. Yep. As we as we discussed last week on our countering our episode, Chewie helps get around um, kind of the vulnerabilities of Yoda, particularly against Han. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gives you two two cards that you can play after Yoda uses burst to um, get him out of dodge instead of one, which is pretty important against change of plans. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, all right. And then the other top eight, there was that Han Lando land speeder list that we mentioned, uh, and then there were three droid lists, two of which had Dooku, uh, some AATs in there, uh, some Magna Guards, some spiders. So, yeah, nothing super surprising. Yeah. Hodgepodge of all the good stuff, which is yep. basically the entire separatist faction right now. Yep. I have yeah. to say the one promising thing, um, and not just because I played it at Canto, but the one promising thing I've been seeing for Rebels, which I always wondered, and I think it was the points reduction, but like Rebel Vets and the Medium Blaster are really good. Really, really good. Yep, very solid. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'm glad they're seeing a lot more play now. Um it's just, you know, it's interesting seeing them on. And I think there's still other combinations with the the normal rebel trooper units that are still very good too, but there's just so much to play with. Um, it's it's just good seeing some of these units get on the table more, you know. Yep. Yeah, I mean, other yeah. than all the droids, there's some good variety here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but at least each of the droids is slightly different, right? There's not one clear strongest list it's just kind of like separatist has what about eight or nine units that are all really viable and you kind of just mix and match those and you have five of these lists yeah yeah uh, you know they've got different upgrades and yeah yeah 
I mean, the there common were... the common things are B ones and spiders, right? Those are the yeah. the most and Magnus. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's not like there was a time period doing like the clone standby sharing meta. Mm-hmm. I think there was an invader league uh, where I don't even know what the number is. It was more than ten, but there were a significant number of Republic lists that were exactly the same down to yeah. the upgrade. Um, you know, it was like Rex, a bunch of phase twos, arcs, and they were kitted out. Like all the upgrades were the same. All the unit choices were the same. They were literal photocopies. Um, so at least we're not there <laughs> with these droids. At least, yeah. at least there's different kinds of droids lists, even if they mix and match similar units. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's where each faction wants to eventually be, right? Where the faction is strong. You can just mix and match all the stuff in your faction. Yeah. I'm a little sad that all the imperialists that we're seeing in these top acts are Vader Deuce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like everyone of them, Vader Deuce. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know. I think it's just the way it is right now. And I think something's going to come back up. It's, I guess it's just because I'm not playing double heavies. That's why you're not seeing those <laughs> in the top list right now. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it, I got one for you guys, I think is really good that nobody really played. And I've been on this train for before all the changes to Vader. I think a callous operative Vader list is really, really good. Really good. And it's just trying to figure out the combinations of the reg, the you know, the rest of the list. But like you can you could do a callous operative Vader IRG with like two shores, two mortars, and three snipers and like. It's pretty nasty. Yeah, that could be pretty good. Yeah. Um, it doesn't do well against backs cost like 40 points less than Callus yeah. or whatever it is once they're all kitted out. Um, yeah. Because yeah. that's the tough part, right? I, I think that the really tough part is Vader's so strong right now. And Vader kind of single handedly keeps down, I would say, like pure gun lines, you know, force users between yep. burst of speed and Vader. You really can't pull off a pure gun line with um with gar or empire right because they just shred those red saves you need a way to deal with it then the best way to deal with it is vader and duvax which also happen to be like some of the best units in the faction so it's like they're hyper competitive and if you don't take them you are just like um disadvantaged in certain matchups right like empire gun lines are great right now but they just can't deal with burst to speed luke or darth vader um and so it kind of pigeonholes empire into you kind of want a Vader, you want some dubacks in there, and then uh, you can still build a gun line around it if you want to, because the gun line's still great, but you kind of need those things just to survive. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like back in the days of the Tauntaun meta, when mm-hmm. not only were Tauntauns extremely good generally, but they were very specifically very good against rebel lists that did not include Tauntauns. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if you ran a rebel list without Tauntauns in it, not only were you not running Tauntauns, uh, but you were going to get stomped in the mirror by other Tauntauns. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel the same way right now about Dubax and about Vader. So, a little unfortunate. Uh, we'll see if that evolves over time. But anyway, should we talk about activation count? Because there is an eight activation list amongst those that we just talked about. And indeed, uh, John Bushfax Bushman, who... <laughs> By the way, I apologize for last week. We said he was going to be on this week. Um, like, I, I think I said it like three times. Yeah. 
uh we're live not, yeah. yeah um clearly Surprise, he's not just here. me <laughs> yeah uh i just messed up the schedule that's my fault <laughs> i think it's all our fault because i didn't correct you but to be fair i didn't know either i was like hey, you know, next week that sounds good <laughs> yeah. anyway. says it, it's true yeah. right. right what do they say uh if it's not in the republic archives then it doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> yeah he will be on eventually um, but <laughs> maybe not not this week um all right anyway uh yes he had a eight activation list that he won cantabite with um yeah. so which was a 50-ish odd person tournament also yeah so, um yeah clearly you can succeed with an eight activation list are we yeah. are, are are the days over where 10 activations is like you know the base uh level that you should be shooting for i think I it's think still so. 10x yeah i agree i think it's very unique, right? That that army has uniquely Yoda, who does a lot of things of getting extra value of the activations you have between um, you know, him being able to share dodges, giving other people extra actions. And so I think that army is uniquely positioned to do that because right, we're not seeing any empire lists that are going under 10 activations. I think there was one separatist list at Cherokee that did, but it had like Dooku and some other things. Um, Dooku and a tank, right? So some other expensive stuff. But I still think, right, we're seeing almost everything is still at that 10 activation mark right now, which is kind of interesting, right? I feel like in the past, there was always variation between kind of 10 and 11. But I feel like right now it's more 10 activation list than ever before, besides, you know, the one exception, which is the Yoda list. Yeah, I, I think what we're going to see less of now, frankly, is those like 12 or 13 activation lists, right? I think those might be where those were kind of really popular for a while. Um, I think those are going the way of the dodo for a little while until, you know, until something changes that, right? Um, I think 10 is going to be your average and what you're going to see most of the time. I think the eight is an outlier. And, uh, you know, I think, I think it's a really tough, eight is tough activations. You need to be, really good and you you really can't make a ton of mistakes because you you know you 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 make one or two mistakes and now you're down even more activations right and it really starts to snowball but i don't know i think playing two yoda low activation at kanto uh one being the saber padme yoda and then the other one being the yoda uh chewy Yoda can definitely carry the list like the one I won against the Saber, but I lost against the Yoda Chewie. And, you know, Yoda just didn't really do a ton of work in the, the Saber one. Right. He ended up going down quick. And then in the Chewie Yoda one, he ended up doing most of the work and not going down quick and I couldn't get rid of him. And so it was he's really a 50 50 card. And if you're relying on him to save the game. I think you're just flipping a coin sometimes that that's been my, that's been my kind of, I, I think you gotta be real careful and you gotta be real good with them. But when it comes down, if you're like, Oh, Yoda's going to pull me out of this. Uh, it's not always something you can count on. It, it's not something you can count on, but it's also not something most units could even do. Yeah. Right. Like, you can be like, all right, I need Yoda to carry this game. And then Yoda can like actually do that. 
you know, you for the most part, you're not going to be able to be like, all right, you take it even another expensive unit. I need this AAT to just put this game on its back and solo this game for me. Like it's going to, you might be able to contribute with it consistently, but you know, an AAT is not going to just like single-handedly for six turns, win the game for you. Like Yoda potentially can. Yeah. Um, or like Jedi Luke or Palpatine can. Um, so I'm with you that Yoda is a very um, surgical high skill cat piece. Um, but I also think the reason that an eight activation list can succeed is like you guys have already said, I think it's unique to Yoda. And I think that's because of how many tools he brings mm-hmm. and how he can transfer actions to other units, how his command cards are so good at giving other units actions, um, how you can use standbys. Standbys are a huge piece of it. Um, you know, we can get in into here in a minute, like why activations generally are important. Um, but standbys kind of get around one of the primary disadvantages of having a low activation list, which is your opponent doing things after you're done doing things, right? Um, I think there's another Republic list that can do nine activations, and I think that's Anakin Padme. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been running that list both with Wookiees and with the clone gun line, and it's really good. Um, it's a very solid list, but you're still leaning very heavily on standbys to kind of like round out the tail end of your turn. Um, and I would not run a eight or nine activation list in any other context besides Yoda or Anakin Padme personally. Yeah. I think also just Gar as a faction too, is kind of built for that, right? That was kind of their design philosophy, right? They're able to spread actions farther between units, share tokens, et cetera, with the exemplar. Um, so I do think it's something unique to Gar and also intentional right, that they can play lower activations as, you know, the elite faction. Yeah. And I, this was what they were originally supposed to be, right? Like I, when, yep. when they first came out, right. Based on the points and everything we saw at the time, it was before Rex, the days of Rex, right. It was supposed to be like a really strong eight activation, list army right that that's where you're gonna get strong eight activations that's what we always thought and then racks and arcs and all this stuff start coming out and then that blew that out of the water but i think we're getting back to what originally they were supposed to be and and we were all okay with them being highly strong like i'm okay with yoda in the in the way it is now because they have they have to do it at eight activations which gives me two to four activations uh extra over them (laughs) right to make up for yoda mm-hmm. um i'm fine with that but when if something happens and they can put yoda and chewy and all this other stuff and get 10 activations well then we got another problem right like so we got to be yeah. careful it's it's a really fine line right because i think it's pretty clear that some stuff in republic is overcosted, particularly the clone stuff yeah um but if you make all that stuff cheaper do you just make yoda list better and it doesn't actually change what republic players run <laughs> They just run more Yoda with more cheaper stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, it's, we're not, uh, that's a little bit outside the scope of this discussion. But um, yeah, I'm with you, Jay. I, I think, I think that felt like how they were originally supposed to feel. And now we're kind of there where you can use, yep, you know, power pieces like that and token sharing to make up for that difference. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think I think the TLDR to round out this part of the discussion 
for the question of, and this was actually like a listener question, I think comments on one of our YouTube or something, but um, you know, are we in a meta where you can take eight or nine activations and be competitive in a long form six plus round tournament? Um, and I think the short answer is no, it's just Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agree. And unless you're running, yeah. Unless you're running Yoda or Anakin Padme, you should still probably be shooting for 10. And even, even with them, I want to make it very clear to everyone. It, it These lists are not, they're high skill cap lists. Like they're not easy to run. And my, in my experience playing against them, like, for me as someone playing 10 activations, especially if you're playing against snipers, right? Like, uh, especially if you're playing against rebel or Imperial snipers, um, if you're going to go with eight activations, you're going to have to minimize any mistakes. Like you're going to have to really shorten that list of mistakes that you're going to make during the game. And I think that becomes more difficult, the more rounds there are. So if you're, you know, when you get to round three or four or even to day two and like the wear and tear of a tournament starts happening, like, you need to know that list and be really focused and either to be, to be successful for that, because I think that can get to you as well. And someone rolls in with a 10 to 12 activation list and I could just do a whole bunch of stuff after you're done. And if you're not really thinking through everything and making all the right choices and I'm able to capitalize on that, well, that's going to start, you're going to start spiraling real quick with that, with a low activation list like that. So let's flip things around a little bit um, real quick. And you mentioned Jay talking about how 12, 13 activation lists are kind of, you know, they used to be popular. Now they're kind of fading out. Um, it's definitely possible with most factions yeah. to run like a 12, 13, even 14 activation list. Um, why is that bad? I think the biggest change was uh, turn zero for those armies. A lot of the high activation lists were typically getting those activations to skew into a certain strategy. For example, that you know, the notorious one was the 13 activation steps. And the reason why they went to 13 activations is to try and do objectives like bombing run, uh, force it in. And basically that list, you if you got bombing run, it was almost 100% win. So what's that? You have four objectives. So one out of four games is an automatic win. It's still a good army. Um, now that you can't force objectives like that, I think it brought down skewing, um, the value of skewing, because for example, at 13 activation stat, but now it doesn't have that, you know, one out of four games automatic win. Um, and it was still a good list in other games, but it somewhat relied on having those auto wins a bit. And I would say in addition, and this kind of same, like in line with what Lucas is saying and just maybe adding on to it, but the, the, the number of cards and then the red blue change shift the dynamic of how the game plays. So now what I need to do is instead of worrying about a bid or, you know, I mean, we worry about it a little bit, but not as much as we were, you're, you're putting more valuation in every unit now, because you don't really know where you're going to land as far as the battle deck is concerned you know you're hoping for yours and most of the time you'll get yours but if you're vying for blue but you're still not sure what you're going to be up against and whether even if you brought the battle deck if you truly are the stronger list at that battle deck right like that's still questionable i think um with a lot of lists uh you know some there's some unique ones out there like maybe bombing run and recover right are two of the ones that you could you you're more guaranteed but like even then 
it's not a guarantee anymore like it was. So I think people are bringing more value, need more value in every unit to kind of have more of a Swiss army knife rather than a gimmick. Yeah. I think right. If you, when you're building an all comers list, you're, which is what's popular right now, right? Cause it turns zero. Um, you need units to address different things. And so it makes it so you can't skimp in one area. Like, you know, that stat list would struggle with melee threats, which I think is another reason why we don't see it as much. Um, so now, right, you're taking some melee threats, some fast things, and when you're taking all these different options, it makes you closer to 10 activations since you can't drop any aspect of skew. The one exception to that, right, is the melee skew because it takes an opposite thing where it just says, I'm going to table you instead of worrying about turn zero. But I think a lot of other armies are getting closer to 10 activations because you're trying to bring a very balanced army that can handle most things. I, I do want to tease something out a little bit, though. Um, and my question essentially, is it really the turn zero stuff or was it just that the 13 activation list concept was maybe just not ever as good as people thought like i can't think of a tournament that was actually won by a 13 13 activation stat list yeah i think um, it was a flash in the pan i i would say that i could think of some good 10 or 12 activation lists like specifically double air speeder you could get some 12 activation yeah. double air speeder lists that are really, really solid. Um, I just think, I, I wonder because, you know, meta is, is like the wind and it shifts all the time. And it, frankly, I think a lot of it's our fault. Um, but like, you know, we start talking about stuff and then yeah. people start doing it, right? Like I'm seeing a lot of that double spider AAT list that I mentioned <laughs> a couple of weeks ago on the cast, you know? And so like- People um, obviously didn't listen when I said that it was bad and yeah, you shouldn't play it. Somebody in the, somebody <laughs> in the comments goes, I, I don't understand why is Kyle saying that's bad? And Bushman had to respond, but like, no, we're being sarcastic. It's really good. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I think the, the, the thing is, Right. Really, this is all just talk at this point, because we're in such a wild west as far as meta. Like, I think there's lists out there that are really good that we haven't even seen it, it play. Right. Like, Kyle, you know, I think we could all agree right now, a double airspeeder list is really good. And we just haven't seen a ton of those. Like we've seen a couple over the last eight months. Kyle, you were one of them. But like it's a really, really good list. We just haven't seen it because I think there's so many other really good lists and interesting combos and uh, people are just playing those. So it's, I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think we'll get back to a world of like 13 or 14 activations just because the way the objective deck and red and blue change, but I, I could see us hovering in the 10 to 12 area. And then you're going to see the eight activation outliers, you know, even even 12 i mean i guess i guess my point is like you could always bring for the history of the game it was possible to bring like a 14 activation list yep and people tried it but like yep. those lists are bad um so just like we're saying you know you have to be really careful and really intentional about running an eight activation list what we're definitely not saying is that activations are inherently good um yes there's definitely like a sweet spot because if you take if you if you take too many units, uh, then all your units are going to suck. <laughs> yeah, you're not backloading for anything anymore. Right, like you you need upgrades on your stuff, yeah. and that's that's why um, I feel like things have kind of settled right around that ten activation 
area because that's kind of the sweet spot where you can have like enough units to do stuff, but most of those units still have upgrades on them. Yeah. Um, you know, clearly there are list concepts where you take like, you know, your minimum three naked core troopers and then you run some elite units and other slots with a bunch of upgrades. Um, but generally speaking, like you're not seeing lists with just a bunch of naked unupgraded units in them. And if you are, they're not succeeding. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the only the only time and reason you're seeing those, right, is the only time you see naked anything anymore is because they've got three Wookiees or they've got two heavies or they've got right something else that's really, really powerful that makes up for that, right? Where before it was like there was a point brief moment mostly an invader league where it was like okay how many activations can i how can i just overload people with activation count right but even the 13 activation stat list that was kind of uniquely a droid thing because even in that one all of the b1s still had heavy weapon upgrades you know they still had things like hq uplinks and link targeting arrays um you know you still had aggressive tactics (laughs) so yeah, I think even uh, during that time, outside of triple steps and double airspeeder, most lists are still staying around that 10, 11 activation mark. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's just kind of the natural, it's not a requirement, but it's like a natural sweet spot where you've taken enough units to do stuff and those units haven't, you know, enough upgrades to actually do the things that you want them to do and like attack other units properly. Yeah, and it's it's odd, right? Like, I, I don't know... You know, heck, the heck with it. I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them credit, I guess, for this. But I think there's some credit due to the balance of the game that somehow all factions, minus uh, outliers here and there, but all factions can come to ten activations for eight hundred points, right, and be reasonable on the board. I, I think that's a really solid design of the game, and it's, it's a good yep. balance. Yeah, Legion is in a great spot right now. All right, so let's real quickly, because we yep. did build this as kind of a one-on-one section, talk about like why it's important to have activations. Yep. Perfect example. I'll, I'll use my examples. When I, play, when I played with, I had 10 activations with Luke and Sabine and Leia. Uh, when I was playing these two Yoda 8 activation lists, I literally could just hold Luke and Sabine and just wait. And so your entire army goes when you have eight activations. And now I have Luke and Sabine that can do whatever they want now. Now standby is a thing with, you know, with the clone armies. And that's tough to get around, especially with the saber tank, but you can get around it, you know? And if I have two extra or three extra, whatever the number is, extra activations, I'm going to be able to dictate some of the game from from there on out yeah by postponing your main focus pieces and allowing heavy hitters to go later um you're essentially giving them like perfect information on what you want to do because at this point uh, a majority if not all of your opponent's army is gone and so now you can do whatever you want with no surprise factors right the turn's going to end and then it's the next turn there's you know no gotcha or something that's going to pop out and so a real great part with that is especially for right now, right? We're seeing a lot of lists with um, heavy focus pieces, whether it's force users, heavies. Um, with activations, you can delay activating those units. 
and then get really, you know, opportune moments to go in and attack and different things. You kind of get the last word. Yeah. And clearly there are ways to mitigate that. Like we already talked about with things like standbys. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, generally speaking, um, and this is also why it's important to eliminate activations over the course of the game, if you can do so. Um, like a lot of times, if I've got a, a target choice between a one-man unit and something else that's like a full unit, even if I'm shooting it with something that's like a powerful shot, like a full squad with a heavy, and I could maybe kill two to three or four models, maybe not four. If I could kill four models in the other unit reliably, I'd probably shoot that one. <laughs> um but you know, if like if I had a choice to shoot like a four unit, full unit and kill two to three models, or just kill one guy reliably, like you kill the one guy yep. um, because you want to take that off the table. It's one less guy that can score objectives. Mm -hmm. It's one less guy that can take actions, and it's one less token in the bag for your opponent to be able to wait with their important stuff at the end of the turn. Yeah, in that same vein, that's why it's super important to uh, save your activations at the same time. If you can get a unit leader and just duck them behind a line of sight blocker and they just dodge standby the rest of the game. Just them being that activation despite doing nothing else. And, you know, maybe they'll touch an objective at the end of the game. Um, but it's really great to preserve those. So if you have one model left in a unit, I often will just completely hide it just for the activation because the activation is more powerful and more valuable than, you know, their gun profile at that, at yeah, that point. One, one dude throwing one dice probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even like strike teams who have, um, you know, generally very solid weapons because the unit leader is, is the heavy weapon. Once I lose a model in a strike team, that strike team is hiding the rest of the game. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's functionally, you know, a, a pass activation um, because exposing that one model is yeah, too risky usually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and there, I mean, I'm sure we all have stories. Like how many times has that Lucas, that one stormtrooper unit leader saved you a game or like, you know, mm -hmm. like, or, or that one sniper team that's got one mini left and he's just holding that back, you know, that back uh, objective. Like, yeah, even one mini can win, win or lose you a game. Like yep. that's, yeah. Especially late in the game. Cause if you have a couple like that, right, you're typically moving to the center of something to score an objective. Uh, if your opponent wants to shoot all these single man models that are popping out the last minute to score, right? Those are, um, they can't be double moving. They also only have so many units that they can shoot with. And so often um, I'll have games where I'm really heavily behind on attrition, but I've knocked off more activations. And just by, you know, maintaining those activations behind something, at the end of the game, I have that activation advantage and can even safely move them in to say, right, uh, say you're really behind on attrition and let's say, um, you know, two thirds of your army has gone. You got like a force user and like two core on your opponent's side, but they haven't killed any of your activations. You got a bunch of one man units on your opponent's side. They're probably ahead. They got six full activations, but four are fully gone at that point, right? On the last turn, you have like four free activations that can go in. So it doesn't matter if they're a one-man sniper, a one-man stormtrooper. All those people can now score with impunity. Yeah. I mean, key positions, intercept. Mm. Like, these are all really powerful. Like, okay, um, I'm up two activations. You're done. I now have these two minis and two different units, and they're just going to go score on the objective, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. It's all about the thumbs. Yeah. We, we yeah. joke that you need, you need to have thumbs 
Um, but uh, there are a lot of objectives that require trooper units, trooper models um, to interact with things. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if you kill all your opponent's thumbs, then you know they can't pick up boxes. So let's see. I mean, the other thing, you know, higher activation counts do for you is we were talking about that well-balanced Swiss Army knife, right? Like if you can get to a 10 activation reasonably and you're not skimping out on stuff, well, you're going to just have more options and more answers for stuff. It's not even an out activating thing. It's a more of a, okay, I've got three snipers. This saved me. Right. So like heavy units, especially with rebels or, you know, rebel specifically <laughs> are really good snipers, but rebel or imperial snipers right like they they can roll crits and like it's just nice to have these answers and and things you can do in a list you know and you can only do that through having a number of activations um you know and so when you're thinking about building your list if you're not putting yoda in it and you're thinking should i put boba fett in or should i put three snipers the answer is always three snipers uh, always i don't know about that Boba Fett versus three snipers. It's always three snipers. <laughs> First of all, Boba Fett is like 25 points cheaper than three snipers. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think that's always the answer either. Um, <laughs> yes, Look, it is. Don't listen. To, do not listen to him. You're right. What do I know? Put snipers <laughs> in. I don't know. Have you won anything with Boba Fett? <laughs> with Boba Fett yeah. specifically? Yeah. No. All right. Well, there we are. <laughs> Jay, have you won anything with Boba Fett? No, no one has. <laughs> the only person that has was Luke. At I was gonna say, yeah. And, but that was that was like I five, was in that game. I remember yeah. that was like five years ago. And <laughs> so many things have changed since then. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But Boba Fett's still good. Don't let Jay tell you otherwise. He is not. Yes, you know, as someone who played a lot of double bounty and kept on telling myself he was good, the moment I started using like Vader and Dubax, Legion got so much easier for me, man. Oh, yeah, I I mean, clearly. Bounties. Like, look, Vader is, a, Vader is a thing that exists. And yeah. the answer of should I take three snipers or should I take Boba Fett is neither. Just take Vader instead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I guess There's and, the correct and, answer. And maybe yeah. that, was, that was like a very sarcastic, like, yeah, but but what we're saying is, you know, uh, sometimes you get you really need to think if that one strong expensive activation is really going to help you on the table with all these different situations you're going to run in, or can I put in two or three, you know, full full teams of snipers or full team of stormtroopers with a heavy upgrade. And is that going to be more, more effective to have two or three of these versus having this one more expensive unit. Now, when it comes to Vader, of course, the answer is always Vader, but, but right. with other stuff, I think it's more of a toss up, you know, we are often also bringing those cheaper things to support a more expensive unit. Right. In the case of a lot of Vader armies, for example, if you're doing the Vader melee skew, you're taking naked core troopers. And if you're doing a Vader gun line, you're usually taping uh, three snipers or so. Yep. Yep. And the reason why is those activations add extra value to those expensive units. So that, you know, while Vader costs almost 200 points, um, if you give him activation padding, you know, he easily makes that up in points. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's more like why not both, right? Yeah. 
Exactly. Like you take you take the snipers because you're running Vader. You don't take the snipers instead of Vader. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think I've seen a lot of people make decisions, you know, just because, and listen, I get it. This is a game. We all love Star Wars. We want to take cool stuff. I totally get it. But if you really want to be successful, this is more like, hey, I want to be successful in the tournament, not I'm going just for cool factor. Like if you're going just for cool factor, then play a Highlander list with Vader Lat, like like Evan did, right? Like, okay, that's super cool. Uh, but if you're going to try to really effectively win and optimize your choices, then these, you know, sometimes you need to look and go, well, why am I taking this and this and this when I could just be like, you know, be more optimal in my decisions here to, to effectively handle what I'm going to be up against. There's an an old article at this point on our site. Um, But if you Google it, it's called competitive list building for dummies. Some of the, like the unit specific stuff is pretty dated. Um, But the bit on activation count and activation timing and stuff is still extremely relevant. If you want like a more long form, you know, discussion yeah. on like, you know, how do I know that I have enough? How much is too many? Uh, you know, what's the point <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> um, and just some general like list building tips. Um, that's a, a good article for that. I need to update that for 2022. I think I wrote that one in 2020. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. Lots changed. Lots yeah, changed. For sure. <laughs> but the core concepts are still fundamentally mm-hmm. the same. So. Yeah. Um, speaking of let me ask you this this is the thing i find the most interesting so they did that form and i think we've talked about this in the past but i just thought i'd bring it back up because why not why not add a little controversy this was a pretty easy episode so i'm going to add some controversy to it uh so they put the form together right for all the old all of us who had our world's invites from the past and then now they're adding new world invites to it. Do you think, um, I think the answer is yes, but do you think most of those people who got those invites from RPQs or primes and all those different things, have they been keeping up or have they been siloed in the, in their local store meta? I think it's pretty mixed. Yeah, like I, both. I know some people that have invites that don't even play the game anymore yeah. um, just because they move into other things. I also know some people with invites that are, you know, still on the cutting edge of all that. Yeah. So I think they have to give out new ones. Um, but I also see why they're keeping and honoring the old ones. Cause sure. my view too, is like for worlds, right. The, the more people that show up, even if they're not as cutting edge as they used to be, you know, the more the merrier make it a, more round tournament right yeah they're not cutting edge they'll just be you know uh they'll be a you know someone who loses on the way for someone who is so cutting edge <laughs> you kind of right. yourself into a hole there <laughs> yeah oh i was just watching him do it see you fell into a classic <laughs> trap lucas we've done this before uh all right second question to change the subject here for lucas mercy uh <laughs> How many people who got some of those original, let's the RPQ or the prime invites still have their card from those invites? That's another good question. I got this thing. I Um, I still have mine. It's stored away. I I think mine is somewhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, because like I was, when I was talking to somebody the other day because they switched them to Prime, but Primes, right? But I actually got mine from an RPQ, which was the original store championship. Yeah. You know, and I've got like one of these these glass trophies. Yeah, those are that, really nice, actually. Yeah, they, yeah. They, these were really, really nice. Yeah. Um, I was sad when they stopped those. Yeah, I think this was like one of the last RPQs because it was mm-hmm. 29, April yeah, 2019. I the same little one. And, uh, you know, I, I found my car. Oh, my camera's going all wackadoo. But I found my card the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I probably might need this. <laughs> yeah, you might. Yeah. But I was, and then it got me thinking, like, how many people who went to these primes and RPQs actually, like, um, you know, have that still and didn't lose it somewhere? <laughs> yeah, I'd I imagine it's a non-zero. Yeah. Yeah. I still have mine, but I'm like super type A, hyper organized. So I understand not everyone is as OCD Dude, about other stuff. I'm the opposite of that. I'm <laughs> like just out of pure luck. Do I still have that friggin' thing? Like it's just pure luck. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited. I mean, uh, all right, let, let's get into a little bit more real quick. I know we're trying to wrap up here, but just if you guys wanted to throw out a guess. When do you think they'll have worlds? Because they said they're going to do it this year, right? So when when do you think it's going to be? And where do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be at a big event? Do you think that they're going to have their own event? What do you, what do you think they're going to do? So they announced they're going to have a 2022 worlds? Yep. Okay. Dang. Right when I'm moving out of the country. Yep. Where are you going? Well, I'm going to Deutschland. Ah, uh, really? yes. Sehr yeah. gut. Deutschland. Uh, yeah. Awesome. That's very exciting. So I will be, I'm bummed, right? I, I missed the timing. Now, uh, I used to be, you know, like everyone complains about, like, it's not Worlds, it's in the US. And I was like, no, 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 it's great. <laughs> Keep it here. And I'm on the other end of that. So, you know, having to eat my own world. to fly back. Like, There's yeah. more people in North America. Just come here. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, um, for if everybody gets in the storm tide, Lucas, if we could get all our listeners to get storm tied this month will fly you back from Germany. Okay, pal. <laughs> Dang. You heard it here. <laughs> so just... sign up for storm tide to get Lucas at Worlds. <laughs> They've actually said that um uh... I'm the last Imperial player on this cast, right? Someone has to rep after Jay betrayed. <laughs> You know what it was? Somebody said that the they're like, oh, Jay on the RG traders will be shot. Jay, this episode, hey, I've joined the rebels. <laughs> you know what it was? There's just too many imperial players on this cast. I had to, I had to do something different. <laughs> there you go. I get, you know, having to be compared to me must be a be a you know a tough position to be. <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's been really rough for me. I've lost a lot of nights of sleep. <laughs> Kyle, that laugh hurt more than anything Jay's ever said to me. Yeah, yeah. No restraints laugh. <laughs> I was, you know, Lucas, I was going to say something really good and then he laughed so it's like that. And I was like, that I laugh don't even... stung worse yeah. than any disc could have said. <laughs> That's your going away present. <laughs> there you go. Well, I hope that you fly back. My guess to answer your original question, yeah. they have said um, that it will be in quote late 2022. Yeah. Whatever that means. Um, I'm gonna say like November. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna say like as late as possible. <laughs> okay. So FFG um, used to do the X Wing Worlds and the Armada Worlds in late October. Okay, that, that's how they used to do it. But then I was thinking, 
you know, because FFG was leaning towards Adepticon was going to be Worlds in 2020. And so if they do it in late 2022, there isn't really a ton of big events around then. So my my gut is telling me they're going to do their own like event for it somewhere, I would guess. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I mean, it seems like that's what they're saying. Yeah. You know, they haven't identified a convention that they're going to be doing it at. Now, no... I, th- I think the latest one is Nova Open, which is in early September. Um, Axon Plugged is usually October, but that's, I mean, that's somewhat of a big one, but not as, you know. It's never been as big for Legion. Right. If you were going to do it at, mm. at, a, at an event, you would do it at Gen Con or Adepticon. Those right. are the two you would do it at. Yeah. And Gen Con's in what, July? August, uh, yeah, July, August. August. Yeah, yeah. So somewhere around there. Yeah, so they've said late 2022, so that seems to indicate that they're going to probably do their own thing, but I guess we'll yeah. see. Yeah. yeah, I'm guessing probably November, December too. Um, yeah. Right, I they haven't done too much with OP for Legion. I know they've been building towards it, um, so I'd expect later rather than sooner. Well, from a, what it looks like, what some of those pictures they were showing, they're just reusing some of the... T- <laughs> 2020 stuff for for op kits it's definitely uh did it even say 2020 on the, yeah. on the giant dice yeah it <laughs> yeah. yeah it's pretty clearly like the leftover stuff that they had from 2020 that they you know what use. i'm but actually yeah, all right with that That's, i think so too like what yeah, are they gonna do it was cool it stuff. like i'd yeah. rather they give that stuff out you know agreed yeah um, i don't i don't care what the year it's you know i, yeah, I, just I put don't... a little sharpie on the zero and put it through there <laughs> there you yeah. go yeah, no, I'm excited that like we're yeah. even getting official prize support again. So agreed. I yeah, listen, I think there, you know, f- with everything starting to open up and everything, you know, changing, I think they, you know, they're they're doing what they can, and yeah, they're mm-hmm. getting the word out, and I don't think we could ask for much more than that. So yeah, I've been yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah. question is am i going to play in worlds that's the real question it's going to depend like if they have their own like event like we think they're going to have i'm playing i'm not you know i won't have to work or do anything else but if it's at another tournament the question <laughs> you know will i have to work or something or <laughs> stream or do you know do something dumb but i'd love to play i do got that itch again same i feel like my uh my Legion career peaked when COVID kicked in <laughs> and I've had that little saltiness inside. I felt like I've never got to show my stuff. Yeah. And then SoCal came and I was like, oh, I guess I'm not as good as I think I am. But <laughs> at least I told myself, you know, uh, if worlds would have happened, I would have done well. <laughs> Listen, TTS doesn't always translate to in real life, pal. <laughs> oh, I'm very aware of that. <laughs> I think you, I think you're going to do great. Because of the next tournament that you, Thanks, that you participate in, have faith. <laughs> I'm gonna do my best. Yeah. Oh. I mean, all in right. the end, uh, getting to play Legion and have fun in the end makes us all winners, right? Yeah. There you go. Ugh. The real winners were the friends we made along the way. Exactly. No, Lucas. <laughs> that's not how I'm judging you. I'm, I'm gonna be judging you by your. I'm wins. just saying that now because I keep on losing things I go to. <laughs> Your pay will actually be linked to your competitive success. Yeah. <laughs> From now on, everyone. Yeah. The, I mean, hey. I, except for me. <laughs> no, I haven't placed I'm anything. Clear, I'm, I'm clear still... of that. 
I'm still undefeated against TFT and staff. So even though I don't want anything, I still got that going for me. Well, hang on. We've never played. We've never yeah. played either. I've played Timbo and John, and I got to win against either of them. So okay. it still counts, right? They say I've played yeah. everyone. <laughs> but other okay. sample size. Can't lose if you don't play, right? Exactly. <laughs> Kyle and I currently, you know, have an equal win-loss ratio against each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh, speaking of TTS, uh, Invader signups start in 15th. March? March 15th. 15th. 15th of March. Yeah. So Spoiler alert. Lucas, you, you join in? You going to do Invader League? I graduate around that time. So Ooh. this might be my first Invader League I don't do. But we will see. Wow. Yeah. Well, I have a huge announcement, everyone. I'm going to be playing in Invader League this season. <laughs> I couldn't take the heat. I'm Good scared to matched up against yeah. you after talking I'm, all this trash. I'm really excited. For now, Round Robins is going to kill my soul. But for now, I'm really excited. I'll just end up in the same group. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me, you and, it. me, you, and John. Honestly. Yeah, they're doing it. But, well, we won't be in the same group as John because they're doing it by regions now. So they'll be like... Uh, East Coast. Yeah. East Coast, West Coast. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so we have a good chance of being in the same group. There's so many good people on the East Coast. Oh, I know. God. There were people on the Discord being like, um, can I play in West Coast even though I live in the East Coast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's gonna, that is going to be the murder bracket. Oh, yeah. my God. It's going to be brutal. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, gentlemen, have any final thoughts? I guess we're all winners for playing Legion, according to <laughs> Lucas. Hey, I think everybody's a winner. Yeah. You also play better when you're having fun, right? I think that's a, a fact, right? I, there's stats to back that up. No, I do not play better when I'm having fun. If I'm having fun, <laughs> it means I'm playing bad. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm miserable, it means I'm doing well. <laughs> just a little no. If anybody sees me at a live tournament and I look pissed, just leave me alone because I'm actually winning. <laughs> if i look really happy and jovial i'm not doing well <laughs> all right <laughs> all right well we're the notorious scoundrels i'm kyle i'm jay i'm lucas stay fresh cheese bags <laughs> <laughs>